I'm Katrina. And this is me. And this is Murder Obsessed. We're still down one because Chloe um, is trying to finish out her um, uh, semester strong. Uh, we know the feeling. I know what it's like. But we're going to go ahead and get started. So today, I am doing Martha Wise and her funerals. So Martha Wise was born in 1884 as Martha Hazel. From the beginning, Martha was slow, sickly, and markedly morbid and vulnerable to the contempt and bullying of those around her, especially her family. Some say her youthful mental and emotional precariousness worsened noticeably after a dog bit her. Others say it stemmed from chronic undiagnosed epilepsy and a severe adolescent bout with spinal meningitis. Martha came of age at the turn of the century as a hysteric with a notorious enjoyment, especially the weeping, and a full-fledged hypochondriac, a notorious enjoyment of funerals. I, don't, I guess I just didn't add that when I was writing. Oh. And a full-fledged hypochondriac. Martha well, became, um, as a fellow full-fledged hypochondriac, I mean, I can see where that would drive you to do crazy things. And I'm not making fun of people who actually, like, really struggle with it. I just know, like, with my anxiety, after I went to nursing school, it got 20 times worse. And my hypochondria was, like, ridiculous. Like, oh, my gosh, my one-year-old just put her hands in mud and then her hands in her mouth. She's going to eat some, get some kind of, like, brain-eating amoeba. Yeah. Yeah. See, ignorance is bliss for me when it comes to the medical yeah. stuff. Like yeah. I'm just, I'm just ignorant about it. So I don't have to like freak out about it because the more, you know, the more it scares you. Yeah. Yeah, it's legit. Um, but Martha became a regular attendant at funerals. She came to love them dressed in her weeds, which I guess is her Sunday best. She attended all within reach. Her sobs and limitations rose above the smothered tide of keening, even above the breathing women. Weeping became sheer joy to her. Some say that Martha first discovered the pleasure of public so, grief. What? Is she actually, like, crying or just, like, is she actually crying or is she just, <laughs> I think I think that she is, like, actually crying but not like out of sorrow like it's more okay. along the lines of the attention that it got her like right. she got attention from the way she acted um but some say that she discovered the pleasures of public grief at her husband albert's 1923 funeral but the fact is that Martha was already notorious by 1924 as one who had not missed an area funeral for 20 years. Oh, my. Yeah. Like, she was, you gotta drag your girl out for, like, loved ones funerals. Because I'm like, they ain't there, and I don't, especially caskets, I'm like, I don't want to see that, like, like no. I live go out of respect for my other family members I would rather mourn at home yeah same I, I hate funerals they're awful yeah um but um she was equally well known by um that date for a galloping case of hypochondria 
Dr. Henry John Abel of Lakewood would eventually admit at Martha's trial, which we'll talk about in a moment, um, that he had been treating her for a variety of imaginary ailments since 1898 when Martha was 14. One occasion, she came in with a sore arm that was bruised with Easter egg dyes. She literally just put Easter egg, purple and blue and green dye on her and came in and said that she had a bruise on her arm. Oh, wait. Is she a hypochondriac like she's worried? Or is she, is it, is it Munchausen's? Well, I know that's what, like, I think that's when you make someone else sick. But it, it seems like she's, like, not even really scared. She's, like, doing things that she knows isn't going to hurt her. And she's not worried about it for the attention. Well, not quite. Because this next one says, um, on another occasion, she came, she came to him with severe blistering on her arm. Clearly caused by the turpentine, she had deliberately rubbed on it. So I know like hypochondria is like a lot of times it's where people literally believe that they have these sicknesses, you right, know, right. like, like they think I have these, you know, kind of like the WebMD thing, like, you know, yeah. I'm going to die because I sneezed. Okay. Um, every, every time, man, why is this yeah. headache going away? Is it because yeah. I wear my ponytail? Is it because I don't drink water or do I have a tumor? Yeah. Like every time. Yeah. No, seriously, one time when I was a child, um, Gary Rogers told about this girl who um, was a teenager and she came home with a headache and went to sleep early and she died of a brain aneurysm. And I, yeah. And so like that literally happened, like it did, but like, I always had headaches. So every night I'm like, I'm going to die of a brain aneurysm because I have this headache. Like it freaked me out. Like it literally scared me. I was a kid when he told me this. So like it freaked me out. I just looked up the definition and it says, uh, the definition of a hypochondriac is a person who is abnormally anxious about their health. Yeah, I don't think that's really what she was. I think it was um, stemming a lot more from attention. She wanted attention. Right. But yeah, for sure. Martha, Martha left school at 14. Because remember, this is another world. This is 1800s. People just left school when they felt like it. She struggled in school, and one of her teachers said that she just couldn't learn. Um, a lot of people have said that they think um, that she was actually, like, mentally impaired. Like, she actually had, like, something wrong with her. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I can't. I'm not saying that kids aren't hard to teach. Like, I know your job is way harder than my job, but I can never see you saying about one of your, they just can't. Learn. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. So either she was a crappy teacher or she literally had some severe mental impairments that people in that time did not, like there was no right, such thing right. as differentiating instruction. Like, there was no special ed. There was no IEPs. Like, if you were, if you had a learning disability, yeah, you just suffered. You just dropped out. But at 24, she met Albert Wise, and her life took a turn for the worse. They were married for 15 years and had five children. It was 15 years of hell for Martha. He set the tone for their other union at the outset by refusing to buy Martha a wedding ring. And she soon became his thankless drudge and victim. 
Beating her frequently, Albert made her toil like a common field hand on their 100-acre farm. The morning after her first child was born, he sent her out in the fields to work. I'm just like, what? Like, excuse me, I had two days I had to stay in the hospital before I was even allowed to leave. And I went home and sat on the couch until my C-section was healing. Like, I cannot imagine... We won't name names. I won't say this is me, but do you remember that situation? Of I do. Two days after having a baby, having to move um, the bed with the 280 pound man on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, that's just, he's just a crap head. This yeah. Guy's yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awful. And then I read this and it just it blew my mind. George Hammond worked briefly for Albert. He was a field hand, but, and he had had, like, he had been a field hand all of his life. He left after three days because the workload was too much. So a full-grown man who had spent his life doing hard labor only lasted three days because he was like, I can't handle this. But Martha was there for 15 years. So, what? Yeah, he got a caught in a chair. Um, I'm honestly surprised because you know, a lot of, I mean, I know my old timers probably weren't that old time, though. Like, I remember having twin or kids, I don't know, the Tyler's grandma, like, she made it a point to call him, like, every day and be like, listen, on the seventh day or something like that, I don't remember, like, the sixth or seventh day after childbirth, you don't let her do anything. She can't wash a dish. She needs to lay all day because that's the day that all your body goes back to normal. And I don't know if I believe that. You know, because it takes a long time, it seems like, for your body to heal. Like, it takes your heart, like, years to heal from childhood. Yeah, from seriously. So, so, like, I don't know that I believe that. But, I mean, she did with all her heart. Like, that was something that you did. Yeah. So, I guess that this guy just either didn't care or didn't bleed that way. I don't know. I think I think he just didn't care. I, I think that he didn't. He didn't care. But... No one knows when or why, but something turned in 1923. That year, Martha apparently poisoned Albert, a murder never proven. The official cause of death was an infected arm, and Martha was not even suspected for years. In 1923, the same year she just goes, I know, I was like, you know what, like, can't. Like, can't say I blame you. And the fact that, like, no one even looked into it. They're like, yeah, he's just dead. Good. You know? Um, I'm pretty straight-laced, conservative Christian. But um, I also, you know, am a very firm believer in karma. And maybe oh, karma yeah. pushed her to take action. But, I mean, he got what he deserved. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, no. Like, I was like good like I don't even feel bad for him like nah he deserved it um but after she um disposed of Albert she really started to go off the rails she took to roaming the countryside after dark appearing unexpectedly and sometimes foaming at the mouth rolling her eyes or even barking like a dog Symptoms, yeah. Symptoms indicate um, both her probable epilepsy and a mind giving way under unprecedented strain. Her family says she admitted to having frequent hallucinations, including visitations by angels and white doves. 
What she didn't tell her relatives was that she also had taken to burning down barns of her neighbors and stealing their jewelry and farm implements. At least 10 mysterious fires would eventually be linked to Martha. Now, this is her quote. This is a quote from her. Some of the fires I started at night. Some of them I started in the daytime after the devil had told me at night to do it. I was afraid to go out at night. I always saw him when I did, and he always told me something new to do. I didn't think about the fires killing anybody at first, but later I knew that they might. That's when I started to set them at night so I could surprise people. I never stayed at the fires. I slipped away to a hiding place and watched them blaze, crackle, and burn. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, not too long after she had killed um, Albert, she thought she was in love and was going to marry. Sophia Hassel, which was Martha's mother, not only forbade it, she threatened to cut Martha out of her will and publicly disown her. So, Martha remained single. Then, Martha purchased two ounces of arsenic, which she signed for with her own name, as required by law. She said it was for rats. Thanksgiving Thanksgiving dinner came for the Hassel household, and sometime during her visit of this family holiday, Martha contrived to put a potent pinch of arsenic into the water bucket in Sophia Hassel's kitchen. Several days later, she repeated the dose at a stronger level, having replenished her supplies at Weber's store to the tune of another ounce. There was a minor stomach complaint of those who were at the Thanksgiving dinner. In early December, Sophie Hassel came down with terrible abdominal pain and weakness in her legs. She didn't live long. Um, she didn't live long. After several days of nonstop agony, she died on December 13th to what doctors described as influenza and inflammation of the stomach. On her deathbed, Sophia called her oldest daughter, Emma, and with her final words, she said, see that Martha is taken care of. She needs your help. So, yeah, like, I read that, and I was like, that's so sad. Like, she's literally the reason she's dying, which I don't think that Sophia knew that at the time. Um, She's literally the reason she's dying, and she's like, you have to take care of your sister. So, yeah, that was... But I guess, like, even if she had known that she was the reason, that's just a good example of a mother love. Like, yeah, yeah, that is that I is true. Everything, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So Martha carried on at Sophia's funeral, sobbing and shrieking, um, in a, a pair. Of, I don't even know what that word is. I don't know why I wrote that down. Uh, just showing off her grief. My mother, who was so good to me, why didn't God take me and leave mother? How yeah. how are we ever going to get along without her? She suffered awful. I want them to sing all the way my Savior leads me. It was her favorite hymn. This is, this is Martha at her mom's funeral. Then, at a gathering two days after Sophie's death, Martha's brother Fred, his wife, his son Edwin, and two other relatives... Paul and Henry Hazel became violently ill after drinking coffee and water at Sophie's house. Some wonder why Martha escalated, but some say that she was worried Fred 
Ginky, which was um, her uncle, suspected her and her his sister's death. There was gossip that Fred violently shook um, Martha after at her mother's funeral, telling her to mend her ways. Yeah. So Martha stayed on her reckless path. New Year's Day dinner at Fred Gink's house. Fred, his wife Lillian, daughter Marie, who was 26, and sons Fred Jr., 24, and Rudolph, 17, and Walter, 8, as well as Fred Hazel and his son Edwin, became violently ill within 20 minutes of eating the festive dinner of pork stew washed down with water and coffee. None of Martha's children fell ill. Lester Wise, 14, said his mother told them to never drink the water at the Ginks. Lillian writhed in agony for three days, wracked by the tortures characterized by heavy metal poisoning, stomach pains, and stiffening in the leg muscles. She died on January 4th. If Martha had stopped here, she probably wouldn't have been caught. She couldn't stop, and the family kept getting sick. Even a nurse got violently ill after making coffee at, Gink, at the Gink house, Ginky house. Fred Sr. died on February 8th, and his cause of death was inflammation of the stomach. The second wave of Ginky poisoning had at last sufficiently aroused the police, um, the police powers of Medina County. By February 12th, Medina County Prosecutor Joseph Seymour had the results, and they showed a lot of unexplained arsenic in the bodies of Rudolph and Marie. Martha Wise's signature had already been found by the police in Druggist Weber's register, and there was ev evidence that her signature for a subsequent arsenic purchase had been badly scribbled in a clumsy attempt to disguise her identity. On Wednesday, March 18th, the body of Lillian Ginky was exhumed. The stomach was removed, and it had enough poison in it to kill three people. Yeah. Roshan arrested oh, Martha. Lord. I know. Roshan arrested Martha, and Martha expressed a heartfelt sympathy and shock for her recent victims. This is a quote from her. Hush. This is a quote from her. My heart bleeds for them. It must have been a monster that would kill them. And my poor innocent old mother, why did they kill her? It was terrible. I sometimes think they were poisoned by accident because I can't imagine anyone being so terrible. So yeah. Martha was questioned for two hours with repeated cries of, no, no, I didn't do it. But she eventually cracked. Uh, one thing in the way that I was reading like I truly believe she did it I'm not gonna lie I 100% believe she did it but when I was reading the um when I was reading the the interview it was it was not like a good interview it was pretty much like she was like forced into saying she did it um but I like I said I believe she did it I believe she really did it but um the the interview was definitely not like someone could have argued against that confession. Martha's official confession followed and she never altered its details afterwards. So this is what she said. 
She had gotten the first dose of arsenic from druggist Weber in late November. Although she told Weber she was going to pound it into meat and feed it to the rats in her cellar, but instead she just put a pinch uh, in her mother's water bucket on Thanksgiving Day and continued doing so until Sophia was dead. Her second round of killing began on New Year's Day when she came to the Ginky's house for milk and began dosing the Ginky's water bucket. I don't know why I did it. I just couldn't help it. The devil was in me. Something seemed to make me do it. I lost my mind. My mind wasn't right. It has been working on me since last summer. Margaret's lawyer tried for in the insanity plea, but public opinion was inflamed by media coverage demanding a murder trial. Two doctors interviewed her, a H.H. Drysdale and Joseph F. Tierney, and the judge saw her fit for trial. Tierney said she is of an inferior constitution and mental grade, but she is not insane, nor was she insane prior to or at the time of her acts. If she killed to attend funerals, it wouldn't make her insane. It would only show a greater degree of moral turpitude. She was indicted for first-degree murder on April 7th, with 14 witnesses appearing before the grand jury, and her trial was set for May. Wise received a fair trial, although in the entire um, venue of more than 140 persons called for possible jury duty, no one could be found who hadn't formed an opinion. But eventually, seven women and five men were selected after they testified that they were capable of putting their opinions aside and evaluating the evidence. So this is another time that I was kind of like, eh, this is like, once again, I believe she did it. But out of 140 people, all of them had already formed opinions. But instead of moving the venue to you know, another place where people hadn't heard of this, they hadn't formed opinions, didn't know Martha. They just had people like, oh, I swear, I swear, I will, like, I can form a new opinion. Like, okay, whatever. I don't believe that. But, like I said, I believe she did it. So, the trial lasted 10 days. And it was anticlimactic. The only charge leg legally brought against her was the murder of Lillian Ginky. I don't know why they only did that one, because um, like she killed several people, um, but they only charged her with um, Lillian. So defense attorney Pritchard had subpoenaed 139 witnesses, and 52 of them actually took the stand. They painted a portrait of a half-wit and pathetic village eccentric extraordinaire. Martha tried to keep a steely front, but broke down crying when one of her former male friends testified that she had barked like a dog and foamed at the mouth. By the time all of the witnesses finished describing her as a murderer, arsonist, thief, hypochondriac, and moron, Martha was a shattered woman. Pyromania plus kleptomania plus epilepsy plus spinal meningitis equals insanity, said her lawyer. But the state's case was simple. She bought arsenic multiple times and added it to her mother and then her uncle's water buckets on multiple occasions. That's premeditation, not insanity. The jury took little more than half an hour to deliberate. They came back with a guilty of first-degree murder. 
On hearing her fate, Martha said, I am satisfied. They did their duty. She received life in prison at Marysville. And she told the judge, thank you for your kindness um, when she was sentenced to life in prison. There was a brief moment where they thought Martha had an accomplice, a man she wanted to marry, the man she wanted to marry, Walter Johns. Martha's eldest son came forward to testify that he had been with his mother in early November when he heard her talking with a man about poisons. But nothing really happened with it. Like, they, like, kind of half um, researched it, and they, like, um, brought him into questioning, but then nothing happened. So, um, I, don't, I don't know. But Martha acquiesced to prison life quickly. She did really good in there with the, you know, the routines and the, the help that she received in prison. But a Lutheran group interested in her situation um, soon succeeded in securing Martha's parole on January 30th, 1962. It was a horrible mistake, though. Martha seemed older than her 79 years and had many physical ailments. She was not in shape for normal life. But her children would not take her in, so she had to make arrangements, so the, like the prison, I suppose, uh, made arrangements for her to board at a private nursing home. Martha did not want to go. The woman who agreed to take her in came out to greet them as they pulled in, and she abruptly announced to, that the deal was off. Martha had to, to leave. She's like, I can't take this woman. I refuse. So she returned to Marysville, and she died at the age of 87 on June 28, 1971, at 4.40 p.m., and was buried at Marysville. So that is the story of Martha Wise and her funerals. So, yeah. I don't know. I, like, I believe she did it. I don't know if... She was insane, which even if she was insane, like she still would have been in prison for life. You know, she still would have had the things that she had. And like I said, she did really good in prison. Like she did well with routines and structure and all the things that prison offered her. It was kind of sad. I started reading this. Um, it's in my Badly Behaved Women, um, like the Notorious Murders of Cleveland book that I bought way back before I started the podcast. And um, uh -huh. I started reading it, and I was interested. But then I, I saw it because I was like, you know, because they, they call her mentally retarded, which that used to be the clinical term, you know. And I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah, you know, because I don't, I don't want it to seem like I'm making fun of her or um, saying something about people who have mental impairments. But then I was like, you know, like she was a thriving human being. She had kids. She lived a life. Like she made her choices. She made the choices that she did, and she hurt a lot of people. But yeah, so she, yeah, she was a little bit. Yeah, yeah, legit. Um, she loved funeral so much, she needed to make some to go to. Right. But yeah, kind of a short episode today, but you know.
Yeah, like it definitely is interesting, and it happened. It did. It did happen. Yeah. All right. I well, think there's a, 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 a what between me and you? Hmm. All right, well, this has been Murder Obsessed. I'm Katrina. I'm Sydney. Stay listening, stay murder obsessed, but let's not be like Martha Wise and be obsessed with murdering and going to their funerals. Bye. Later.